my dad would, when he was working abroad and then came back, he would always bring a little souvenir or a little gift for my brother and I. And that really spoke into love languages and how that's a sense of belonging. Gift giving, gift receiving is something that was part of our family culture that really solidified, yes, we belong. And I thought about you when I was away and and this is what I brought back to you. Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast created to support families facing the challenges of frequent business travel and working away from home. My name is Rhoda Bangeter, and today my guest is Megan Norton. Megan is well known in the circles of people who support third culture kids. TCKs, as they are known, are children who grew up outside their parents' country of origin. Megan is the author of Belonging Beyond Borders, third culture kid mentor, and she's an intercultural communication trainer. Megan, thank you so much for joining me here and welcome. Hi, Rhoda. It's so good to be with you and I always enjoy our conversations. So I'm so delighted for this hour of of talking with you. (laughs) Thank you so much. So my definition of TCK, was it right? Yes, yes, accurate. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know there's mobility in there as well. Yes, traditional TCKs have that distinguishing factor of high mobility outside of their passport culture or countries. And uh, being a subset of CCKs, there is that distinguishing factor. Um, okay. But there's always okay. that, that cross-cultural factor, too, with all CCKs. Right, right. So now cross-cultural kids kind of englobe third culture kids with the high mobility part, but also missionary kids, kids who may stay in one place, but maybe from migrant families who cross cultures and educational kids who go to school somewhere else, right? And there's all sorts of different experiences, I suppose is the word. Um, And I, I I know for myself as a missionary kid, I finding those labels actually helped me with identity. I know some people really hate it. And then there's the third category of people who really hate it, but sometimes actually hear it for the first time or hear it or go to events and then go, oh, actually, there are bits there that really are helpful to know about the experience of what I've experienced growing up. Um, And I know that you've grown up moving around quite a bit from your both both your parents to US right yes and then you moved around as a child yes and the sector or system in which I grew up was foreign service right with my dad being a diplomat we moved every two to three years to a different country yeah in your book I was looking at the list of countries that you moved to it's quite impressive. I was thinking very different regionally, geographically, culturally. Yeah, right? it's pretty. How many continents is it like two or three continents? Did you cover more? Yes, yes. But you know what? <laughs> I've never been to South America yet. I need to go. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. This is a shout out. Anybody in, in Latin America, please invite Megan Norton. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Thank you. You've written a beautiful book on belonging, a really beautiful book. Uh, It's beautiful. The cover's beautiful. The way it's written is beautiful. The content is beautiful. So 
in many ways, I think your topic is belonging, but it's also beauty, I think, personally, because every time I see you or like even at the ITCK conference, you know, you made what your table was one of the most beautiful ones. So, um, but can you tell Thank me you. like a little bit more about why, why did you hone in on the belonging topic? I'm curious. Thank you for those compliments um, about my book and one of my values that I love is, is beauty and creating beauty. And so that was definitely a value I wanted to put in the book, certainly. Belonging as, you know, you're a adult third culture kid can be a complex topic, right? When we talk about the TCK experience, it's, it's that it's an experience. That was a word you just used. Um, Sometimes we can get confused or you know misuse it as identity but we're more than tck's yes we can say i'm a tck but if that's the only lens that we're looking through or that we're telling ourselves we're eliminating so much more of how we can connect to others and how we can connect to people and so yes to frame the tck label as an experience can be helpful. It can also be helpful in um, opening our eyes into how can we find a sense of belonging, both locally and globally. Um, you know, there, there's so many different challenges and benefits of the experience. And I believe that belonging is one of those. It can be both and that, yes, we might have perhaps quote unquote, like shallow roots locally, but we have very wide roots. And so in the book, I use a garden analogy because I find so many intersecting um, pieces, but, you know, with cultivating belonging and watching a garden grow, it takes time. And we also need to consider what nutrients or what other elements do we need to help us grow? So it's that both and it's, you know, with the garden, it, there's seasons of non-growth and also let's um, be good to ourselves and thinking about our belongings. Sometimes there is some static <laughs> seasons. Uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to weave in the belonging piece and the garden piece and the beauty piece of um, let's let's consider it more multidimensionally and and look at how can we look at it from the angle of how do we belong to people, to places, and also to ourselves and our own purposes. Nice. Okay, so I I serve families who where one of the parents is away a lot, right? And one of the main characteristics that I find where with families that make it work is that really they they work as a unit they consider themselves a unit that even if they're not under the same roof or in the same location they 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 belong to the same family often it's also an extra layer to this tck experience um because when you move to another country often you're you know when one of the parents when you're moving you're moving for the parents job and there may be regional directors or they're covering um, more than one country and so they're traveling and um, or they might even be stationed somewhere else. I think that this idea of belonging and this theme of belonging and thinking about this can be helpful for these families as well and that's why I wanted to 
interview you as well is like I think all these concepts if you will are really interesting to think about in this idea of we're a family but we're not under the same place and so that's why I wanted to 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 bring that idea in how do you define belonging and how did you so the two questions how did you define belonging and how did you experience it sort of growing up in your own family wow two big questions (laughs) I wrote a book on that well (laughs) yeah well that's it right I don't want to repeat too much of what's in the book because I really want people to buy it to be able to actually enjoy it, the whole thing, right? We would only be repeating what's in the book. And I'd rather people go and actually enjoy everything that you've laid out for them because it is beautiful and it's it's all there, everything people need about this. But back to you, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, Well, belonging is, it's a tremendous topic and it's not one that's exclusive or only for TCKs. It's actually a universal human need and concept we all need to consider. We are relational beings. We're hardwired to connect. And so what does that look like when we talk about belonging? Well, we need to think about the pieces of belonging, um, also how belonging changes. It's a head and a heart journey. And um, with that journey, right, there's going to be changes. The only constant in life is change. And so considering that's going to be applicable to our sense of belonging as well. Um, In childhood, you know, you mentioned with high mobility families, sometimes the parental unit will um, be separated for a time or a season. And that was accurate for for our family. My dad um, had TDY. I think it's a military term, but it comes from temporary duty station. But it's these short-term assignments outside of your typical posting. And that was very common. Um, actually, in every posting, my dad would go to a different country or a different part of the country for a few weeks or maybe a couple months. And with that, there was that solo parenting that my mom did. What I want to bring up with this point in terms of belonging is that, you know, nowadays, uh, I think it's easier to communicate, right, with our iPhones or Zoom and things. And so uh, when there is solo parenting, there can be that additional layer of communication that, you know, the father or mother can have with their with their children. But um, when I was growing up, that wasn't (laughs) part of the story. Uh, But my dad would, when he was working abroad and then came back, he would always bring a little souvenir or a little gift for my brother and I. And that really spoke into love languages and how that's a sense of belonging. Gift giving, gift receiving is something that was part of our family culture Mm. that really solidified, yes, we belong. And I thought about you when I was away and, and this is what I brought back to you. So I have these little objects and trinkets even into my adulthood from his travels that are really meaningful to me they might they're not you know expensive by you know any (laughs) any you know means but if if they're gone like that's 
that's devastating for me. Wow. So it made that much of an impact. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, sometimes I can identify which country a certain object was, uh, you know, like I have a coaster from Portugal, or I have this little cute coin purse from South Korea, you know, so it's just these really, really impactful, meaningful objects that remind me, oh, yes, my dad thought about me and this is what he brought back for me wow but you so you, because I have the impression you have a good relationship with your parents right with both of them yes. mm -hmm. so how I mean how how young were you when your dad started traveling or was it like always part of your life that you'd be gone at some point and then come back and then go again yeah always part always part actually my mom tells the story that he was in the Philippines when she was pregnant with me in Virginia in the U.S. and she said get back here because <laughs> I'm about to give birth <laughs> so even <laughs> yeah it's been a part of our family rhythm of knowing that there was going to be this separation and solo parenting for seasons wow okay I love what you said so really you have a sense of belonging with your mom and with your dad yes mm -hmm. and actually I think part of that is and you know with that high mobility piece it's the nuclear family that is always moving as a unit so um, mm. I, my last name is Norton. I call us the, the Norton core four, um, with my brother and, and my parents, you know, and it's really special because we know each other's life histories and moving to different yeah. cities and we hold each other's memories. So I think, yeah, that's been a huge bonding factor. And even though we're we're all in different states now, like and even in in our adulthood, my brother and I, we've been in different countries at times. There's this fierce kind of protection of we might not see each other, but we, yeah, we, we're always going to have each other's back. Yeah, you're the only ones who know. <laughs> who knows exactly what it was what it was like even though I mean siblings can have different experiences because they experience things at different ages but I'm fascinated by what you're saying about growing up with a dad who was away a lot a couple of episodes ago I interviewed Anna Ju, whose dad also traveled a lot I asked her if she resented her dad for not being there or for being so traveling a lot did he miss any like big days or any things like that? No, not that I can remember super significant days. No, I am learning a lot about, you know, childhood attachment and what that looks like mm -hmm. with the primary caretakers. And yes, yeah, that's given a lot of insight. You know, we, we didn't have this language or my parents probably didn't have this language when they were parenting, but when you put like they did the child first, right? In terms of uh, what their needs are and, and also being really hyper aware of what, what's going on in school, um, what are some programs or sports events, things like that. Uh, I think that's tremendously impactful for a child to be mm. attached and to know that they're loved. So when there's that strong and healthy attachment, it, it allows for distance and security right. of I'm not being abandoned, but I am known and seen and loved. 
Right, and it, I, I love that because it attach it touches it attaches it <laughs> it kind of ties it to belonging, right? This attachment, attachment, and then belonging to, to someone you felt like that you belonged there. What about belonging to places? Yes, that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. Yeah, that's a biggie. Because, well, yeah, I suppose I feel that I feel fragmented, belonging to different places, <laughs> and it's hard to reconcile this a little bit with it I mean I'm laughing but it's it can be sometimes painful what I think was really unique and and quite special with like the State Department is that you get the notice that you're going to be moving like or at least in in our family experience you get the notice that you're going to move with in the next year and so there's already this understanding of okay we can start preparing for what's next yeah whereas you know some of uh, my tck friends who uh grew up in the u.s military system sometimes it was you have new orders within the next month and you're gone and your best friend is no longer in that <laughs> that seat and in the classroom. And so, yeah, I think um, with belonging to place, there was pretty much a, a healthy rhythm of, okay, we're going to be moving, we're going to be preparing for the new. And that gave some time to have some closure with with visiting places we really loved and things like that. Mm. Did your parents like give you a strong sense of their home country? I mean, was there like, because I'm wondering whether that is helpful to in a family, say a family that's split geographically, that's moving around, right? You said, yeah, that can actually help in a way because you're this family unit that's mo that has high mobility. Uh, but I think for a family who's not moving and where, say, the dad is going to another country, I think maybe having that strong sense of also cultural roots, that belonging to a place could probably help. I don't know how much of, and I think even if your parents are from two different cultures, having maybe those traditions from from those two or more countries can can be strong what do you think yeah that's a interesting conversation i think um to explore just based on what what traditions what holidays what yeah cultural pieces that you always celebrate despite location how do you intentionally adapt because it can look differently in different countries but you always know you're going to celebrate that because that's part of your your cultural identity as a family and right um yeah both of my parents hold um yeah u.s citizenship my mom um, her dad was in the U.S. military, so she had high mobility in her upbringing, too. So different attachments to places. My dad grew up in Michigan. And um, in terms of some sort of stability, there was al always that um, that place or that landing there between postings um, at my grandparents' house. And so there was always this kind of childhood attachment um, and security in Michigan. And uh, actually in adulthood, I've lived in Michigan and I've had to reconsider what that attachment is as an adult, because there was that historical route. But how do you negotiate it as an adult is a, is a totally different story because 
again, your sense of belonging is going to be to people who are now your age and, you know, in the workplace and in community. And so completely different experience for me in attaching to Michigan. Interesting. Interesting. And there's always a part of you, I suppose, that's not from there, right? (laughs) And that's attached to another place. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Interesting. So what was the third one you said? uh, Belonging to people, belonging to places? Belonging to purpose. Ah, belonging to purpose. That's a good one. Do you think that's something that you developed as an adult? Or do you think that that there was something, there was a family purpose growing up? Or there was a, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to investigate sort of your sense of belonging as you grew up in the family moving and also with a parent who was traveling? Yeah, that's a great, great question to consider. You know, if we think about the TCK sectors, right, we have foreign service, military, missionary, international educator. So, yeah. Diplomats. <laughs> oh, yeah, foreign yeah. service, you said. <laughs> so, you know, in in Pollock and Van Rieken's book, they talk about that purpose of why are you moving? And it's that sense of duty to country or a sense of duty to God or, you know, sense of duty to education and people diplomacy, perhaps. So I, yeah, that's a new kind of realization for me of why, what was our purpose and why did we move and um, how much did I internalize that as a child of a mini diplomat? Um, Yeah, in international schools I, I grew up in, there were so many of us TCKs that it wasn't really a question of like, why are you here in this country? Um, you know, but the question actually was, you know, which country did you just move from? <laughs> and so, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying, yeah, I'm American. But then, yeah, I just moved from Germany, or I just moved from uh, Japan. And and so that was, so ki- kids didn't really ask, what what is your dad or what do your parents do or anything it was mostly like where which country did you just come yeah, from not that I can I can recall but yeah I, I think that sense of purpose does kind of become a dominant question into adulthood because then you're choosing for yourself mm-hmm. what career and and also um what place are you going to have your career yeah 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 and so then what you're saying is it's important to work on developing your sense of purpose, refining your sense of purpose, uh, figuring out your sense of purpose so that you actually, um, I suppose, find belonging and find stability. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, you know, I wonder how much it's helpful for kids to know, like especially when the parent is traveling, to know how much, know why the parent is traveling, the skills that they're using to help people without sort of negating the child's feelings. But I'm pretty sure it would be useful. You know, it's maybe, maybe anyway, just a food for thought for listeners (laughs) and for myself, you know, to think, yeah, how much do we share with children the sense of purpose? Um, even if it's, you know, a career for a parent or financial reasons, I think it's also important to share it and just say, you know, this is why, why we're doing it. Because I find that a lot of parents, a lot of families have good reasons to be moving, right? I mean, we don't, 
just moved because uh, it's suddenly some out of the blue decision. Parents of TCKs move because they have reasons yes. to. I'm enjoying this conversation on belonging. It's making me think, what's the difference between belonging and identity? Is that another big question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I certainly think there's there's overlap there because I think you need to first reflect on and be honest about your identity to be able to be able to have a sense of belonging. So where, who are you? What are your interests? What are your likes, dislikes? Also um, thinking more values, values, right? right? Even your, your emotional health, um, what gets, yeah, you angry, frustrated, what gives you peace? And what do you need in those moments? I also think that your identity is also what kind of spiritual and faith do you ascribe to or not ascribe to um, align yourself yeah. with. Yeah. And in doing yeah. that, yeah. then have a clear picture of, okay, what are my options for investing in this community or to cultivate belonging in, in a certain cultural or community environments. So getting really aware of who you are, what you need, what you like, dislike, will help you determine where to spend your time and where to invest. I talk about in the book, um, the fear of missing out, FOMO, and how, mm -hmm. yeah, social media has absolutely, you know, exemplified and <laughs> exploded, you know, FOMO sometimes because we see what people are doing or, you know, what we're missing out on. But I, I flip it and say, what is the joy of missing out? Jomo, <laughs> the joy of missing out is when you are very clear on who you are, what you want, and then you know, that, that's not for me. That's okay. I'm happy for you, but I've chosen to spend my time and invest myself in this way. I like that. I think it's useful to do it personally as an individually, right? a kind of a line that's so important and I always say like you don't have to destroy the life that you have to live the life that you want I think maybe sometimes you do but I don't think you necessarily have to I think some of these changes don't have to be that radical and yet when you do them they end up changing your life course you know it's like that one percent change and but then it, 10 years down the road, you're in a completely different place than if you hadn't made that that change. And I think aligning some of these personally, I'm thinking about moms or dads who are home, uh, maybe along with their kids right now and whose partners are traveling. Um, I think doing this exercise doesn't necessarily mean you're going to change your circumstances, but it might it might change you. Because then there are things that you can do within the parameters of your life that will make it much more like feel like you belong to it. And then if it doesn't work, then you can go to the next whatever next steps are or however you, you know you want to take. But I think making that first step of that belonging in your purpose and doing that exercise, I think, is something that I did about five years ago, maybe more than that now, maybe seven years ago started me on this whole journey and uh, of saying you know what are the internal changes the internal alignments um what do I like what do I not, not like it helps us put boundaries with other people and I'm really I hate the word boundary 
because I feel like some people use it as an excuse to kind of say no to things they can't be bothered to do. Um, but it helps us naturally, I think, kind of say, hey, this is this is this I'm gonna do or let in, and this I'm not gonna allow or enable or tolerate. So I think for any parent who's home and who's maybe frustrated, I think this is a really good this is a really good framework to work off. Which people do I belong to? Which people belong to me? Which places do I belong to? Which places do I love? Which places rejuvenate me? Which places give me energy? And then what's my purpose? And and finding that purpose, even if it's within the parameters where you think you can't change them, but actually you can, you have, I think there's a lot of leeway in what we can do. And I think the example that you give as well, that you here again is an adult child of a parent who traveled and who's fine. <laughs> so I think, um, but there was intention with, I think from your parents' side, I think this this idea of commitment to family, family unit, and it just it shows that it's that it's possible, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's the biggest question people ask is like, oh, am I going to ruin my kids? This is maybe where length of absence comes in. I think you know your your dad was gone three weeks to a month, but still, if it was regular, it probably meant that he was away a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that's coming up for me right now in in how you're framing things is with our purpose, you know, we we choose where we invest. And I've used that word, you know, previously, but um, sometimes we frame belonging as, you know, how other people are investing in us, but to, you know, really have a sense of belonging. How so? How so? How so? Like how? Like <laughs> you said, sometimes we frame belonging in how people invest in us. Can you give us an example? Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe we're, you know, in a sports club or in a community, and then we're always thinking about how our coaches or trainers are um, giving us direction. But what about the other way? How are we giving back and maybe it's just expressing gratitude, but also how are you contributing back? Um, I think about faith communities. Um, sometimes we can sit in services or programs and uh, people are pouring into us or teaching us, training us. But in the end, you know, what are we doing with that? And how are we then doing that as we're being poured into? How do we pour into others? And so that's a key part of belonging too. And to understand your purpose is to how you've been given, how do you give back? And that's investing. So what's coming up for me in terms of like the childhood is you know, we we were part of faith, Christian faith communities. And that was a very stable, that was very um, predictable part of my childhood. Whenever we moved, we would get involved in a church community. And so that was a very stabilizing and constant part of knowing, okay, I can invest and learn and grow in this community. And I think that was also a, a pretty core uh, anchoring part of of belonging and also when perhaps my dad traveled I always knew like that community was always going to be there 
Mm-hmm. So that I suppose what you're saying is that that will that goes with belonging to places, right? It's and also what came to mind when you were talking was um people often and you know the habits of happy kids we have, uh, the book the habit the habits of happy kids I think it's called it's a Covey book but I think it's his son that wrote it anyway um and it's like uh, happy kids create their own happiness so in a way what you're saying is is create your own belonging right find your own community and one of the one of the dads here who's a stay-at-home dad he that's what he says he says you know and and actually uh, some other people plenty of people tell me like just go out create your own network create your own community and 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 what you're saying is like as you give back to a community you feed that sense of belonging to that community exactly yeah I mean, it's who do you claim, but who claims you? Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, boy. Okay. We've covered a lot. Is there anything you want to add? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have covered a lot. Um, and and I appreciate so much, you know, going in and out of conversation and, and seeing it all take off in different directions. But yeah, in the end, I think, you know, TCKs are, are individuals who can draw upon their upbringings and just move in and out of different social circles and in very unique ways, because yes, they have the personal identities, but they also, I think, learn shared identity in at a very early age. Um, I talk about this in terms of, you know, TCKs, you know, or, you know, anybody who goes play on the playgrounds, you know, in a new country, they might not speak the same language as the other children on the playground, but they're playing or they're playing football together. And that's that shared identity piece of um, we don't have the same maybe upbringing or even nationality, but we're finding ways to connect. And uh, I think that's a huge skill. And that's where, you know, we need to do that self-reflection first on our identity and figure out how can we connect with our shared identity to create more a sense of belonging. Mm, Beautiful. Great. Can you tell me a little bit about your work as an intercultural trainer? Just as we finish this conversation, I'm curious. So you work with corporate clients you work do you work with private clients yes yes three main sectors I work with are um, corporate um, state department and also nonprofit, um, particularly missionary or humanitarian sectors so yeah okay yeah. so what what main groups do you work with one-on-one or groups sometimes with family units it really depends. Conferences as a speaker? Yes. Family units? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, in terms of corporate, it's usually when um, a family is moving to a different country and doing um, pre-departure training. Okay. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. So what, what you mainly work with, with them, it's mostly like preparing for a different culture, um, what about families who have already moved? Yep. They would still benefit, right? Because it's it's not just general 
cross-cultural you do you do specific yes yes uh-huh and then also another um, group I really enjoy working with are TCKs who are university bound or maybe taking a gap year or entering the workforce um, doing that transition care of what to think about in this move without the family unit it's a huge transition and I think it's really um, really neat to come alongside TCKs who are going through that transition to help them in emerging adulthood. How do you adult <laughs> without the family? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Super. Thank you so much, Megan. I really enjoyed this. And um, all your contact details will be in the show notes. And it's been really nice unpacking this this topic, but also getting to know a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit about your life. Yes, Rhoda, always such a delight to talk to you. And thank you for doing this platform so that other people can understand and and also um, resource share about how to do life as as global nomads. Thank you. I hope that you found this episode encouraging and that maybe you found ideas to apply in your own situation. Please leave me a review of what you found helpful, what you would like to hear about, and any other comments you would like to leave. This helps other people find this podcast, and it also gives me feedback. So it's very helpful. Thank you very much, and until next time. Bye.